Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla86. That is me, Alex Regla, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. That is him. Alex, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, man. Pretty, pretty well. Um... I just told you something off air, and it's like hitting me right now. The next podcast, I know we're about to do this podcast, but the next podcast we do will be opening night, 2021 season. How about that? That's still pretty nuts to me. Like, I, I'm writing something right now about preseason, and even like just saying that out loud, it's still kind of weird that there's basketball going on this quickly again. Feels Last season feels incomplete. But 2020 is a year of just nothing makes sense. So I don't feel like we got to celebrate it enough, enjoy it enough. But if we feel that way, I can only imagine what the players feel like. Yeah, no, I bet. And I think that's why, like, I know we're going to get into it. But guys like LeBron and AD haven't really played. It's like this rapid turnaround is insane. Like, it's nothing like we've ever seen before. Yeah, it really is. So this is Taco Tuesday. For silverscreenandroll.com, which is a Taylor Horn Tucker website right now. Um, but really, during preseason, what else are you going to talk about besides how amazing Taylor Horn Tucker has been? It's been, I know that the, the previous two podcasts have been about him, so we're not going to necessarily be about him. But really, dude, crazy, right? It's, it's like, uh, I'm trying to compare it. it is Caruso. I don't think Crusoe ever got this big after like two games, though. Is the thing, like Crusoe's like ascension to like this stardom as like in terms of like Laker fan base that took time. It took summer league, it took like a few regular seasons until he like really really blew up. But THT is just blowing up right away. It's pretty insane. Yeah, it really is, and it's funny because I, you know, I. Everybody should follow follow at Lakers SBN on Twitter, and I do. And during the weekend, I will just tell you guys, I have not watched Lakers preseason basketball. I cannot bring myself to watch it. I'm sorry. I know that 95 to more percent of you are like, what the hell, dude? You are doing a Lakers podcast. I know. I just can't get myself to do it. But over the weekend, um, when the Lakers were playing and following along with that account, I sent a meme to Harrison, like the distracted boyfriend meme and Caruso <laughs> was the old girlfriend and THT is like the new girl. That's Lakers SBN Twitter right now. Like we have officially become a Taylor Horn Tucker, like meme account. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, he's played like, I, I, I just say you haven't really watched too much of it, but he's been very, very good. Uh, more so in that second game, that first game, he kind of had a rough first half especially on defense and he didn't wasn't too efficient kind of made all these cool moves but couldn't really finish the like at the rim and stuff like that but that second game yeah he just was scoring at will he was getting to the free throw line he was attacking guys like Kawhi off the dribble um yeah like he he was fantastic in that second game but again it's just preseason uh, I don't want to like throw cold water on it because he definitely has the skills to play in the league but it is preseason, but Alex, let's have some fun. The the Clippers were starting their entire starting lineup, and for, THT for, for cooked them for one half. But he cooked them. Uh, okay, 
sure. <laughs> like, I'm just like, saying, no, like, no, no, no. I, I totally get it. I'm not not saying what he did wasn't impressive. It is against any player. Like, it doesn't matter if it's against the starters. These guys are NBA players. It's not G League anymore, right? So it's impressive regardless. But it's not like Kawhi was on him for 48 minutes, you know? Right. And I don't, who knows how serious Kawhi is taking it. But really, for the memes, Kawhi was taking it very seriously for the 18 minutes that he played the second game. Yeah. And like I said, and, like it's hard to do that against any competition and to dominate in the way he did. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I think he's definitely played well enough to force Frank Vogel's hand. And I know they talked about it yesterday and the SBN podcast and Harrison also kind of tweeted out today um, a rotation that might get THT up to like 10 to 13 minutes. And it's hard. It's really hard to find minutes for him in this ro- in this rotation because of all the guys they have now, like I don't, like Frank Vogel's got his his hands uh, tied now with this. That's a great problem to have if you're the yeah. Lakers. I mean, if you have a deep bench and you have too many guys to play, awesome. Especially in this season with a shortened off season with a condensed season, great. If you really are that deep, fantastic. Great problem to have. So before we get into who's impressed you, okay. So when I asked the question, who's impressed you this Lakers preseason? I will say except THT. How about that? Um. Yeah, THT has definitely been the star. Like he he's he's popped off the screen. He's definitely warrants that attention. I, if it's not THT, and I have to pick a single person, um, it's tough because guys didn't play in the first game, played in the second game, stuff like that. I would say either Kuz or Marcus Saul. And Marcus Saul only played one game, but he made such an impact in that second game. I'll say Marcus Saul because of that. I thought. The team just ran the offense through him at the high post, and he was just diming up people. Like, they just were moving off the ball wonderfully. He was finding them, like, back cuts, um, pin downs, just cut everything. He was just doing everything we assumed Marcus Saul would do for this offense. So that's really cool to see already working out in terms of the ball movement, how guys are reading and reacting off Gasol in the high post, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, he was really impressive in that second game. Is this a stat that somebody keeps like, what is the greatest plus minus for someone that played like a full game in an NBA season? I don't know, but THT's was pretty up there for that second game. That's what I was staring at it like, whoa, plus 36. And and he, like I said, he played a lot of that game. So 41 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was very good like on both ends. That's crazy. That is crazy. So yeah, THT, we'll see what happens with him. L- listen, like if, if he turns into something awesome, great you know the whole caruso thing like you brought it up he like really did like earn those minutes and he's earned mm-hmm. what he's been playing so tht he has a similar path he's gonna have to earn it because of the depth that you've already spoken about so we'll see if he gets to do that um we'll see if he gets a chance to do it because like like you said you mentioned harrison sweet earlier in a ideal world if you're tht harrison says like 12 minutes yeah a game max so you have to be efficient when you play. That's another important thing that he's going to have to do. If you cannot slip up on defense, you cannot have like mistakes. When you only have a certain amount of minutes, you got to make those minutes count, especially when you're 20 years old. I guess like with that, it's it's also worth mentioning that guys like LeBron, other starters might not play every game this year, right? They might load mm-hmm. manage. They might a uh, guy might have like a, a groin injury or his back hurts. So THT could get minutes more minutes that way right if guys are 
possibly sitting out or not. So that's something also to keep in consideration. There is two really, really big pieces of news today coming out of the NBA world. I will tell you the biggest news of the NBA today is that LeBron James and Anthony Davis will play in the first half against the Suns in tomorrow's preseason game. And the second kind of minor note is that Giannis and Tedekumpo signed a max $228 million deal with the Bucks. But I mean, minor note. Who cares? <laughs> who, cares who cares about that? Uh, I mean, I, are, are you surprised he signed it? Um, you kind of informed me. So I listen, like I, I, I try to do the whole cap thing. It's very difficult for me, my brain to comprehend math is never my strong point. You try to explain to me that when AD did his move and LeBron did his move, it pretty much canceled out Giannis ever coming here. Right. Unless he took like a significant, it, it would have taken money. some cap gymnastics for sure. And that, that probably involves literally taking everyone else off this roster. Right. And me, I think, there, there was an avenue I think you could do it, but I'm just not sure how likely it was after the AD LeBron. So I I pretty much assumed it was gone. Like, I never thought Giannis was coming to the Lakers. I thought it was a long shot in the first place. The rumors were cool, like AD's waiting to see what Giannis does or Giannis is waiting to see what AD does and they can team up together. Like, that was all fun to talk about in, in a podcast form, but really, in my brain, I never thought it was going to happen. I just didn't. I didn't ever think it was. I like that he's staying in Milwaukee, and not joining another, I don't know where else he would go. So if I'm a Laker fan and I'm looking at possible teams that can defeat me in the playoffs or in the finals, if you get to the finals, um, Giannis not joining, I don't know, like a Brooklyn or, or Miami or whatever, whatever the, the possibilities are out there, that makes me happy. Like the Bucks are already good enough with him. Obviously, they haven't really done much in the playoffs, but I, I, I was happy to see him stay. Like I'm didn't create another super team per se so i was happy about that yeah like from a lakers perspective um you wouldn't really have to worry about Giannis unless you're in the finals right at this point mm -hmm. if he's with the bucks so um i'm you can argue if it was the best decision for him in terms of winning a championship but in terms of like getting the money and, and everything else like yeah i mean you do that if you want to get paid it's all that's like a no-brainer but in terms of the Lakers, like yeah, I mean, I don't, you don't have to worry about the Bucks uh, until you make it to the finals. If they even make it to the finals, we've seen in previous years they struggle to get there. Even when Giannis is healthy, he's doing MVP seasons. Uh, I just don't think that the surrounding pieces and him individually, when he gets to the playoffs, kind of struggles because of a few kind of weaknesses he has in his game. So I, I personally, uh, as a Laker fan, not too worried about it. Like you said, he, at least he didn't join another team. Like, I know the Dallas rumors were out there about him maybe going and teaming up with Luka or maybe him going to Toronto and teaming up with Siakam and the guys over there. So in Milwaukee, he's kind of set. Like, that team is basically what it's going to be going forward unless they move Middleton. Like, Drew Holiday was their big splash this, this offseason, and they had to give up a lot to get him. Yeah, so to answer your question, my surprise, no, I really wasn't. I was kind of much pretty much expecting us Giannis always kind of seemed like the guy that was totally fine in Milwaukee didn't chase that Miami LA New York lifestyle that never really you know the rumors are always out there but I never really thought it was for real he seems to be very happy in Milwaukee very low-key guy so I'm not surprised and then B I am happy that he stayed there because yes the Bucks are good yes the Bucks are are very good but they're in the east and like we both said already don't have to worry about it till the finals so very happy that he's on the east 
and that he stayed on the east and we don't got to worry about Giannis on the west we already got enough things to worry about over here um but the other news to pertaining to this fan base we're gonna see some LeBron and AD finally tomorrow well you are I don't think I am <laughs> no I'm excited to watch it and I think they also said that almost everyone else is available outside of Caruso Caruso still kind of hurt still nursing an injury but um yeah I so now that everybody's back now that basically everybody except Caruso tell me something that when you tune in tomorrow let's turn it into a preview like what are you what do you want to see you want to see who starts obviously that's the big question do you want to see what the rotation looks like do you want to see a certain player what do you want let's let's just go through it like what do you want to see first of all first thing that comes to your mind what's the first thing you want to see first thing that comes to my mind is how ad and lebron play next to marcus all in that game too almost everything was run through mark like thd had the ball in his hand a lot and he scored a lot but a lot of that came off of marcus all's playmaking or off-ball movement created by Gasol. Because, uh, like, when Gasol's out there, passing becomes contagious. Like, Kyle Kuzma looked like year one Kyle Kuzma, the way he was moving out there and cutting to the basket and being engaged in the offense. That type of... It's just very contagious, so that type of team basketball is going on. So if you're adding a guy like LeBron, adding a guy like AD, I, I'm curious to see how that fits in. How much of the offense is still run through Gasol? How much is that ball movement... Uh, kind of changes because obviously LeBron's got the ball in his hands a lot. AD's got the ball in his hands a lot. How that kind of impacts the other players. That's what I'm looking forward to. What about you? Any like pairings you want to see? I'm curious to see who starts. I mean, isn't that still a question? Like, or do you, do we just, or did I miss something? Is the starters already set? No, I mean, there's uh, uh, all the reports saying that still kind of coach's decision and just like a wait and see approach. So if they're all healthy, which the starters are, Whoever's going to start. I don't think Caruso's going to start. Um, I'm curious to see that. And then I am curious to see, you know, because the thing about AD, when he played with JaVale and Dwight, those roles were very much established. Like, you knew that they weren't really going to come out and shoot threes, right? Obviously. Even though Dwight was, like, the best three-point shooter on the team statistically. Um, that's a joke, by the way. Um <laughs> So I am very much curious to see how AD plays with Mark because yeah. that's a that's a partnership that has to be figured out and should need, probably needs to be figured out pretty early on is how is that partnership going to work because it was very well defined with Dwight and JaVel. Like they knew their job, they knew what they were going to do and Mark is a very very different player than those two guys. So that's something I would I would be curious to see. I'd love to see uh Schroeder. Is he going to play with LeBron? Is he going to play not with LeBron? Um, is like, what's that point guard rotation going to look like? Is LeBron going to be the point guard again to start? I'm not saying we're going to get these answers to on tomorrow, but I would expect to get these answers the next two games before next Tuesday. Yeah. Like preseason's tough to really take a ton from like, you, you almost have to go in kind of just looking for little things and seeing how they work out. Like I always look at like, pairings like that. Like you mentioned like Schroeder and, uh, and LeBron, how those two work well together. If there's a little overlap, if, uh, Schroeder does start how how that kind of works within the offense I think um, I think he is going to start at, at this point I think the quotes today from LeBron LeBron was talking about how there's more guys on the team who could be a playmaker this season with Gasol and Schroeder so he doesn't really have to handle too much of the ball so maybe that's that was part of why they brought him in and I just want to see how those two kind of work off of each other but yeah I, at this point the starters I don't it's pretty undefined but again going back to the whole ro ro rotation thing that is something i want to look forward to for this game too is how frank vogel manages the rotation who who plays with who 
again when and stuff like that. I'm going to ask a blasphemous question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. How does a, I mean, we're not going to get the answers tomorrow. Trust me. I'm not going to take this answer from a preseason game, but this season I am curious. Anthony Davis, no longer change, no longer chasing a championship. Anthony Davis, no longer chasing the big, big contract. How's Anthony Davis play this year? I, I feel like there's a, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not saying Anthony is this guy or is this not this guy. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he will continue to be that. But sometimes we've seen it. Players get comfortable. Got paid. Got a championship. I'm 28. Living in LA. Got everything I want. Wonder if how AD is going to play this year. I'm, I'm expecting him to just be as good as he's been his whole career. But I'm just always curious. You just never know. That's that's I'm gonna. Or do you get that Kobe mode? You know, he's always talked about how much he was. You know, he was um, inspired by Kobe, and his whole team was like Kobe. You never heard how much he got paid until he was getting paid a lot, and then he was hurt, and then it became a story. But you never heard about how much he was getting paid. You never heard about like a Kobe living the LA lifestyle. Like you always just heard about his work ethic and how he just wanted to chase it and how he wanted to be the best and how he wanted to win nothing but championships. Like, are we going to see that from Anthony Davis? Cause LeBron's got it. Does that rub off on Anthony Davis? Those are questions that I'm thinking about heading into the season. And I think that kind of goes through the whole roster, right? Like obviously AD is different because like you said, he just got paid. He knows like no matter what he's safe, right? Like he, he is mm-hmm. the future of this franchise. Like no one's really going to tell him anything outside of LeBron, but uh, I don't know how much um, this team has that kind of killer instinct or how mu- how they approach it this regular season. And I think we talked about that in a previous episode, like how this team kind of should approach this season, if they should go full force or not. And I mean, it'd be cool. I think AD has goals for himself. I think he wants to be MVP of the regular season. He wants to win defensive player of the year. Like, I think he should have won that last year, but he didn't. Like, if he has these individual goals in place, I think that can help him kind of uh, work through any of the the potential issues that may come with hangovers. Me, like, just already having all the security here. Yeah, the championship hangover. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I, I you know what I like, too? I like that my perce- my perception of Montrezl Harrell is that he's kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that. I like that. Well, now that he's a Laker, I like that. Um, and I like that that person on the team doesn't have a ring yet. I feel like they're, you know, I think LeBron's proven that he wants to win every single year, but I just feel like there, like you said, there shouldn't be complacency on the team, but sometimes that's natural and that's fine. But I feel like Montrez is just going to go chase it so hard this year. I'm, I'm very, I think he's the player that I'm most excited to see in a Laker uniform. I, I was watching him with, with, uh, you know, like hateful lenses because he was on the Clippers the last couple of years. So maybe I didn't appreciate his actual game. So now that he's on the team and I don't, you know, I get to just watch him night in and night out. I'm, I think for me, Montrez is the one player that I'm looking forward to watching every single game. Yeah. Now they have a few of those guys on the team. And I thought that was important is to get guys on the team who haven't won a ring yet because you need those hungry players in the locker room, right? If, if the entire locker room's already won it, then, yeah, there is a lot of kind of personal motivation you have to find within yourself and within the team of trying to... Because it, it's hard to win a championship. You need a lot of hunger and a lot of determination. And to have a few guys in there with Harrell, with Schroeder, with... Um, I don't think Wes Matthews has won a championship yet either, unless I'm forgetting something. 
but now you have a few guys at different stages of their career who want to win who at least want to get that next big contract right so there's a few different approaches and different elements to the team now that they weren't they weren't there before uh wes matthews has never won yeah. he was mr basketball in wisconsin in 2005 though again he's a he's a guy that <laughs> i feel like really really wants to ring i mean if you you don't take the minimum offer from the lakers or right. the biannual exception if you don't want to win a ring so here's he's here for a reason and you want those guys on the on the roster yep for sure so what else now that the, you know the game's tomorrow lebron ad you're gonna play a half what else are you looking at is there anything else that you want to see um whether it's more improved, like obviously Frank Vogel today in his press conference talked about what he wants to see from Kyle Kuzma, who is going to continue to be a storyline all season. It's just going to be, he has that presence. He was a first round pick. He's our, you know, like he's, I don't know what the right word is, but on for, as far as fans go, there's a love hate relationship with him. I feel like um, today, Frank Vogel said, quote, we wanted him to continue improving his perimeter shooting to be that type of quick catch and shoot guy at his size really provides a great offensive dynamic for us. Um, he also said, um, I love the effort that he played with last year and how he got better with understanding coverage. This is defensively speaking, how he got better with understanding coverages and angles and all those types of things. So we want him to continue to grow there as well to me. And whether we talk about it every single week on the podcast, like we did last year, I felt like um, Kuzma is going to be a big storyline tomorrow, the next, the final preseason game and the season. No. Yeah. And I think most of it's just consistency, right? Like Kuzma throughout his career and it's a short career so far, but like he has a, a really good game. And then he has like a week or two where we're, we're just like, where is he? Like what, he's just standing in the corner or he's not doing much. And then he has like two good games in a row. And then again, it's like a week or two apart. So he had a really good game too. Uh, I think in a lot of different aspects, he, his playmaking has been really impressive in the preseason. Um, he's shooting the ball. Okay. He's energetic. He's moving without the ball. Those types of things are, are what's going to really propel him into the rotation and getting these big minutes that he wants. And again, he's playing for his next contract, right? And I, I am very curious, and we talked about it, is how he approaches this season knowing this is his chance to kind of make some money, either from the Lakers or another team. And I don't know if he does that in a positive way or if he does that in a negative way where he just tries to go out there and gets up as many shots as he can. So watching how he plays and approaches this season is going to be really interesting. You know what's funny? Or not funny, but what's going to be curious, what I'm curious to see is we know that Kuzma can score. If you give the guy 20 shots a game, you know, he's going to score. Like, that's just his game. He can't, I feel like he's able to do that. Obviously, last game he scored 25 on 14 shots, which is, which is really good. But don't you feel like instead of Kuzma being able to get more shots, that there's now going to be less shots for him this year? I think, I think there definitely will be. And the reason he got that many shots is because all those guys weren't playing, right? Right. And that's something he's going to have to accept. And I'm not sure. If he's that kind of player, I don't know if he has that efficiency in him to come in and shoot eight, six to eight times a game. And that's it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I really do think he, it's such an important year for him professionally, but really, I don't know if he's in the best situation to succeed. I I think that's a big part of it. Like I said, that contract that's looming over him, how, how much motivation is he going to have to come in and, and shoot five times and play 10 to 15 minutes and just be asked to be a three and D guy and play defense and know your role like 
he's probably going to leave some money on the table if he does that. I mean, in the other regard, though, if other teams watch him and he can prove he can do those things on a really good team against playoff-type talent and, like, caliber teams, that's what they're looking for. So he could, like, make some money either way, but I'm not sure if that's going to be approach he takes it because most contract years for guys, they just want to put up as many points as, as possible. Like, that's how you get paid. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's... We don't know his mindset when it comes to these types of things. Yeah, I think he has... He's he's in a tough spot, man. He really is. And it's not necessarily like a bad spot to be in because it's all in front of him. He knows what he has to do. He knows... I think he knows what's going to be asked from him. Vogel's already said it out loud. You know, he needs to be better at perimeter shooting. He needs to, you know, get better at defense. Um, His size is a great dynamic for us, but... You know, he's not going to be a ball handler. He's not going to get 20 shots a game. He's not going to get 15 shots a game. I think those that Montrez and Schroeder are going to come in and get much more shots that, than he is. That's what I was going to say. What what option is he now? All last year we were saying, oh, we need him to be the third option. What option is he mm-hmm. now on this team? Like fifth? Sixth? But is that a good thing? It is a good thing for so, us, so, so, for the Lakers. But for Kyle Kuzma, the person, how does he right, take so, that? Right, so I, that's why I was asking. So last year, he was expected to be the third guy. He expected himself to be the third guy. His role didn't say that, though, for the Lakers because he wasn't getting the amount of shots to be the third guy. I don't think he was. Maybe he. I don't think he was the third in shot attempts on the team. Maybe he was. I don't remember. But maybe now the expectation room is so much lower that whatever he gives us could be just a, a addition, like sure. a plus. Yeah, no, I mean, for the Lakers, it's just gravy, right? When you have all these different options, it's just, that that's fine. That's just the icing on the cake. But in, I, it's just Kuzma is so hard to kind of gauge because he, in a lot of ways, he has been put in unfair positions. Like, I know Laker fans do have a love-hate relationship, but if you kind of take the context of his career and the teams he's been on, it's kind of hard for him to kind of get a consistent role or kind of get in a usual flow of an offense where your role kind of does change from season to season next different players. And now you have a guy like THT who Kyle Kuzma used to be the, like, like the really cool young player, like everybody was excited about. Then he saw Caruso blow up and now he's seeing THT blow up right next to him on the court. And you see guys like Trez and Schroeder coming in and Gasol like individually that, 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 that must be tough. And it takes a certain mindset and player to accept that and say, you know what? I'm just going to do what the team asks for me. Hopefully I get paid. Again, this isn't a guy who who came from a, a huge college or was highly scouted. He was a late first rounder and a lot of mock drafts. He was in the second round. So this is a guy who's had to kind of fight and claw for everything he's gone so far. So it's tough to ask those types of players to kind of take a step back and just be, do what the team's asked for you. Yeah, and I will say this, and with a fair amount of confidence, if Kyle Kuzma is worried about his contract while playing, it will not go well. Like, if he's really going out there and thinking, well, I got to do this because this is going to get me the most money, or I got to go do this and it's going to get me the most money, or if I do this, it's going to be the most money, like, it's not going to go well. And, I mean, you know what? Then he might get traded if it doesn't go well. Like, this team doesn't have time to deal with that type of stuff in the locker room right so it's again it's gonna be totally up to him how this season goes with the team and if he really wants to be in la or not did palinka draft kuzma or was Uh, that no yeah they 
they did. They did the D'Angelo trade to Brooklyn for Brooke and the pick that became uh, Kuzma. So yeah, Polinka and Magic Got took it. him. Got it. So that's always interesting too. Mm-hmm. Like he's not my guy. I didn't yeah. draft that guy. Okay. So that makes that makes that, he could have been too. Magic's guy. And, remember, Magic was kind of running the, the show. Right. Right. But he also but he was the chosen one to stay. Very true. When the Anthony Davis trade. So um, not saying that the Pelicans didn't make him the we don't want that guy one. So <laughs> that's also a possibility. <laughs> you never know. Um, but dude, there's so many questions. Obviously, we're in preseason. But the reason I wanted to talk about like expectations heading into the season is because by the time we come on, we will actually get to talk about a game next Tuesday, the 22nd, after the Lakers open against the Clippers. There is two preseason games, one on Wednesday and then another one, again, both against the Suns. be interesting to see Chris Paul with the Suns and the Lakers. That's That'll be pretty interesting as well. Um, but yeah, man, there's so many questions, which is, I think, pretty rare for a defending champion in the NBA nowadays. Like they change their roster a whole lot and there's a lot to be answered. Uh throwdowns, dude. What are you writing this week or what did you write last week? Uh yeah, I actually by the time people hear this, if it comes out tonight or tomorrow, I should have a new uh issue out about like the ball movement and the off ball movement so far shown in the first two games. Like it's I know you haven't had a chance to really watch them, but it's pretty crazy how different the offense looks with Marcus all out there. Guys are cutting all over the place. There's a lot of extra passes. It looks, it, It's looking really, really good. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. And you can go to Alex's Twitter, at AlexMRegla, at AlexMRegla on Twitter. Subscribe. It gets sent directly to your mailbox through email. Do it. It's a great read if you're a basketball fan, specifically a Laker fan. So I cannot recommend it enough, dude. You do great work on that. That's really, really good. Um. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. I promise you guys next week, I will watch the opening game. <laughs> I promise that like I will watch the opening game. Sorry. I have, I, I just, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's a football mentality, dude. I think in football, it's such like scout guys, guys trying to make the team. And then like, I just kind of wired my brain. Like, I'm not going to watch that. Like, I'm just not like, let's see who makes the team. And then I'll watch him week one. And I know basketball is different because guys, like I, I remember when LeBron's first game and, as a Laker was here in San Diego and I went and he played a lot. I was like, Oh, that was dope. He played a lot. But as soon as I knew he was going to come back in, I left. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like it's even, even while I was at the game, I was like, all right, cool. I'm out later. So, um, that's just me though. Not making an excuse. I will watch opening game, but it is prediction time. Cause there is one game that matters before we come back on. Will the Lakers win opening night? I think they'll win. They've beat the Clippers twice already in the preseason. That's true. Uh, obviously, the Clippers aren't playing their their full lineups or minutes, but I think the Lakers THT have on Kawhi the opening night. To be very, very good this year if all things shake out. So yeah, I think they win. What about you? There's a 72 game season. Are they going to win 70 games? No. no. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I don't even think they're going to try to. Um, they. I, I'm going to say it like this. Last year they lost opening night and then won seven in a row. That sounds about right. So you think they That's lose? all I'll say. I think they're going to lose. It'll be a close one. You know what? Those fir- the first couple weeks are, are going to be tough because just from a roster standpoint and having a lot of time to gel with these new players, it's going to be hard for a lot of teams out of the gates who, who made a lot of moves in the offseason to get to build that chemistry. So it might it might take a few a few games to kind of Clippers, figure things out. Clippers had a what extra? Three weeks of, of off season. I mean, Atlanta hasn't played like in months. So that- <laughs> yeah, golden 
Golden State. Yeah, I mean, there's teams out there that haven't played in almost a year, it feels like. That was in March where it shut down. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers win. I just don't know what the Lakers are going to look like opening night. I just don't know yet. I mean, I think they're better than the Clippers on paper, but we'll see. We will see. Maybe if I watch more preseason, I wouldn't have a better answer. You got to watch more THT. I know, but he, he just, it's such so fun just to watch on Twitter yeah, that's true. without watching the game because you don't really know what's happening, <laughs> but you see everything getting retweeted in your timeline. You see everybody going crazy. Yeah, I kind of like it better that way. So anyways, Lakers, Suns tomorrow, preseason, Lakers, Clippers, Tuesday, opening night, and that's when we will be back here, Taco Tuesday. Everybody subscribe, Spotify, Apple, Google Pod. Uh, go to silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers news and follow at LakersSBN on Twitter for that stuff too. Alex, any final words? Uh, no, just uh, hopefully THC can keep this going. This is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week, dude. See right. ya.